Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I think if something better came along, Madison would say, This is Austin, 100%. Hello, welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino, and I am livid. I'm livid because Southern Charm did not give us the full Southern Charm theme song, nor did they give us the improvised scat that I fell in love with last week on the show. Do you remember the last week on Southern Charm, they were like, doing the previously on, so they had Cameron narrating the previously on, and she was like, you know, Shep is sterile, and then the scat people came out, and they were like, ooh, oh, oh, the kids go loco. So we didn't get that. I fell in love with that last week. We didn't get that. 
This week, we just got a previously on that had no music in the in-between. But then at the end of it, we did get a ba-ba-doo. And I thought, oh my god, okay, we're good. I thought, okay, we're fine. We're going to get the full theme song. I thought we were going to get that full opening theme. And I thought the birds and the bees on the one, two, threes were coming. Unfortunately, they did not. All we got was a ba-ba-doo. Mm-hmm. I was so upset. Like, I threw my popcorn to the floor. <laughs> I have never been that upset watching a Bravo show. It's like, we're not getting an improvised scat or a full theme song. Do you remember back in the day, they used to do a theme song where they would show, like, the cast? It almost looked like the Laguna Beach opening credits, but it was Southern Charm, and they would be like, bam, 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 birds and the bees and the one. You know, I used to love that. They would show the cast profiles. And now we're not getting any of that. And they've taken away my improvised scat. I have never been so upset. Give me one or the other. And then to tease me, I got fucking blue balls from the Southern Charm opening theme. Because it was like, ba-ba-doo, mm-hmm. They skipped the whole birds and the bees. I didn't get no, not a single bird or a bee. I was so fucking pissed. And I'm voicing my complaint here. Next week, I better get some scat or a full fucking theme or both. I want both. Frankly, I want both next week. I think that's what we deserve. I don't want just an mm-hmm. An mm-hmm is not going to do it for me anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I need more. I need more. And then, not only, if, as if that wasn't bad enough, when we open the episode with our little interstitials of the cast so we see what the cast is up to, we get more of Shep in the shower. More Shep in the shower. I don't need to see Shep in the shower. Enough is enough. We've seen enough of him showering. It, show me anything else. Get Landon on screen if we got to do it. That's what's got to happen. Get that Landon on. Anything but Shep in the shower. We did, fortunately... I will say, I want to turn this around and just thank the producers for something. We did get a shirtless Craig in that opening little montage. We got a, sh- a topless Craig. Craig was not wearing a blouse, and I did appreciate that. He was laying in bed. It was very quick, and it was right after that assault on the eyes that was Shep in the shower. But I was happy that we got that, because I do think Craig is gorgeous, and I do like looking at him topless. Although I will say, when he was in that bed, he wasn't wearing a blouse, but he was wearing a lot of bracelets. He was doing a lot of bracelet work, as if he was Johnny Depp. <laughs> was like, who the fuck does he think he is? Johnny Depp? He was doing so much bracelet work in that bed. I thought, did you go to sleep in all those bracelets? Because they were just showing him wake up. He didn't have a top on, but he had all the bracelets on. Why are you wearing all them bracelets, Craig? And they weren't just like concert bracelets, you know? On the weekend, sometimes you wake up with like those bracelets that, not even bracelets, they're like those wristbands to get in a club or a bar. They weren't even those. Like, Craig was wearing legit bracelets. He was doing a lot of bracelet work. They were full-blown bracelets from, like, a Dillard's or a Macy's. Like, they were from a department. They were nice bracelets. They weren't just wristbands. They were bracelets. Full-blown bracelets. And maybe he bought them at maybe a flea market or something, but they weren't just willy-nilly wristbands. They were bracelets. And so I just wonder, does he go to sleep in all those bracelets? Like, does he ever take them off, or does he just wear them all the time? I don't know. But I'd like to know... If he is inspired by Johnny Depp, or <laughs> I don't know, I'm waiting for it. One day Craig's going to be wearing like scarves. He's going to be doing a lot of scarf work later this season. I'm sure of it because that's the path he's on. Anyway, we open officially with our first scene in La Bea. You know, I don't exactly know how to say it. I think it's La Bay. La Bay. Am I saying that right? Please don't DM me. <laughs> I'm not interested in learning the correct way to say it, but I believe it is La Bay. Because some people did point me out to the official Instagram account of LeBay, Naomi's store. And it does say the saying on the on the logo and then also on the Instagram account, it says like LeBay. It tells you how to pronounce it. I still maintain that 
a company name shouldn't have to tell you how to pronounce itself. I think you should just be able to know. <laughs> I'm no I'm no business expert. I did not graduate from Harvard Business School, but I do believe that you should know how to pronounce the name of a company, and that should be how you name it. So I'm still a little confused by Lebe, 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 but apparently Naomi's both working at Lebe and Nico, the restaurant that her parents own, and she's very stressed with work. So we learned this in the opening scene. Naomi's stressed. She's busy with Lebe, and she's busy, she's busy with Nico and Lebe. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going on a little bit. <laughs> Excuse me. Then we we cut to Chelsea, and her dad brings back the dog Tyson, the cutest dog. I love the. There was a lot of dog work happening on this episode, and I loved it. We saw Cameron's dog Elvis, very adorable. Love seeing the dogs. Show me more. Then uh, let's see. Chelsea and her dad talk about her boyfriend Nick, who she only sees once a month. Once a month, and I don't know if I care about this Nick guy. If we're never going to see him. We've only gotten pictures, and if we're not going to see him on screen, then I'm not sure I care about him. I do want to say one thing about Chelsea. Apparently, that designer friend she had last week's episode was someone from Survivor. They were on Survivor together, so people had pointed that out to me. So that's who that designer was. I don't watch Survivor, although I've heard only good things. Busy with my Bravo. You know, Bravo keeps me busy. But I always say I'm going to get into something like Survivor, and then I just don't. But maybe one day. One day. Then we cut to Cameron, who's talking to Jason. She's driving the car, and she's talking to Jason on the phone, but we don't know if it's Jason. This could be any. This could be Johnny Depp. We don't know. We've never seen Jason, so we don't know who the fuck Cameron's talking to. They tell us it's Jason, but I have my doubts. Like Meryl Streep and Amy Adams, I have my doubts, because we've never seen this man. And I'm tired of seeing just a screen. He's always explaining why he's not there, and I'm tired of her explaining it, him explaining it. You know, we saw him in the car. She was on the phone with him, and he's like, you know, I left, but your mom's there, or something like that. And I don't, I'm tired of it. I need to see Jason. He could at least pop in once, right? I don't need him to be a main cast member. Like, I don't need to see him getting into it with Catherine and Whitney. But I would like him to pop in once in a while in a scene with just Cam. I don't know why Jason can't just be there. Maybe it's his work doesn't want it. Or maybe he just doesn't want it. I still think he should maybe just pop in once. It's been this many seasons, I feel like we could see Jason's face. I mean, I've seen Jason Voorhees' face more than I've seen Jason Cameron's husband's face on Southern Charm. Like, that's an issue. Jason, uh, from the Jason and what are those movies, Friday the 13th, I feel like he's shown his face more than this Jason. And that's an issue. That's an issue. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> that Freddy versus Jason movie? And Kelly Rowland's in it? <laughs> Kelly Rowland's in it? And, I don't know, that scene is just popping into my head where she has a face-to-face with Freddy Krueger. It's neither here nor there, but it's an iconic scene, and I think we should all just appreciate it. Let's take a moment of silence for Kelly Rowland, and moving on. So, then Cameron gets to her house, and Bonnie, her mom, is watching Palmer, the kid. So, I was writing in my notes, I was trying to decide if I love Bonnie. Turns out I do. Here's why. I love a woman with white hair. I feel like there's, like, a sense of confidence and sexiness and just comfortability in oneself when a woman allows themselves to go white. Woman or man. I love a, a gray-haired, white-haired man, too. But I just, I don't know what it is, and I'm not attracted to women. But I I do find it a little bit sexy when, like, a woman confidently has white hair. I don't know. What does that say about me? I'm not sure. Maybe I'm bisexual, but I don't like most women, just old women with white hair. I don't know. That's something to go over with my therapist. But for now, i just like to say that I do like Bonnie. I feel like she's a beautiful older woman, and I would like more of her. 
So Cameron starts talking to her about having this baby, and she says she feels isolated. She says she has control issues. And then she starts to say, if something were to ever happen to Palmer. And Bonnie immediately, my Bonnie, my love. (laughs) Bonnie's my new love. (laughs) I love Bonnie. I love my Bonnie. Bonnie Hunt and Bonnie Cameron's mom. I love my Bonnie. Bonnie just goes, shut the fuck up, Cameron. That's basically what she says to Cameron. Like, shut the fuck up. Stop worrying about a what if. Don't worry about a what if. And just live in the what now. Right? Live in the what now. By the way, I just watched that Renee Zellweger show on Netflix. Don't watch it. It's terrible. It's called like what? Is it called what if or what then? Or I don't know. It's what something. What you should not do is watch it. That's all, what I'll tell you. It's a really big mess of a show. And I watched every episode and I kept expecting it to get good because it was sort of campy and and bad. And she's like doing way over the top acting. But ultimately, it's upsetting. Anyway, Bonnie's like, shut the fuck up, Cameron. Like, don't worry about the what ifs. And I appreciate that. Then we cut to a scene of Craig and Chelsea. Now, this is a weird pairing. Craig showed up in a new car and he said he got the new car as a breakup gift. And they arrive at what is a nursery. So right off the bat, I'm a little concerned because we all saw Chelsea's new house last week and there were way too many fucking plants in that place. So I thought, what is she doing? Somebody get her out of there. She doesn't need to be at a nursery. She needs to get away from a nursery. Stop buying plants. We saw too much. So Chelsea says to the nursery worker, she says she likes tropical. She says, my new house is tropical. I like tropical. Now that's not what I saw. I saw a rainforest cafe last week. Could be wrong, but it looked like a rainforest cafe to me. Now, I will say some people sent me pictures. I had multiple people send me photos of Golden Girls, of the bedroom. I believe it's Sophia and um, Dorothy's bedroom. And the wallpaper on the inside of that bedroom looked exactly like Chelsea's house. So, like, maybe it is a slightly tropical theme, or maybe like a little bit of a Golden Girls theme. But I'm still very worried that she's getting too much plants, too much plant work in Chelsea's house. Too many fucking plans. Then they start talking about Catherine. Catherine apparently bought a Rolls Royce and the new house, which we learned last week was over $6,000 a month. And I wrote my notes, how? Does she have a sugar daddy? Well, come to find out later in the episode, she does have some man in her life. But we'll get there. So then we cut to, speaking of, Catherine and Naomi. They meet. And here's where I want to say that I noticed that Catherine looks like an adult Pepper Ann. I don't know if you guys have seen the Disney show Pepper Ann. If you're of a certain age, you might remember it. It was a Disney Channel show when I was in my youth, and it was one of my favorite shows as a child. Uh, Pepper Ann was this young seventh grader. She was much too cool for seventh grade. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann, much too cool for seventh grade. Iconic theme song, truly. I mean, one of the best. Almost as good as the Bapadoo, but not quite. But the Pepper Ann theme song is one of the greats. And I swear Catherine looks like an adult Pepper Ann. That's what she's morphed into, and I'm okay with it. It makes me like Catherine even more than I already do. So Catherine says that she's doing more branding, social media, and they're at a French restaurant. Catherine has trouble ordering French onion soup. Naomi helps her. And then Catherine reveals that she's dating a Democratic senator from Boca. Boca. Okay, she said Boca, and I thought, how old? Like, he must be 86, right? Like, <laughs> that's what we all thought. She said she was dating a sub- senator from Boca. We all thought in our head, uh, cop to it, we all thought he was 86, right? We were all picturing an 86-year-old in our head. I thought for sure, like, he didn't have teeth. And it was just an 86-year-old from Boca. Because Boca, I mean, Florida in general, I usually think of, unless we're talking Daytona, I tend to think, like, over 80-plus, right? 
Not saying there aren't young people in Florida, don't get me wrong. No offense to anyone from Florida. But when I hear Boca, I don't think youth, right? And then she said he was 38, and I, I wrote in my notes, thank God. Thank God he was 38. But I don't know, Florida, Florida's kind of far away. I want to take a little detour for a second. So a few weeks ago, I told you a story about my family going to Florida, and we went to Universal Studios, and I stole my brother's name in a taping for a Nickelodeon show. Now, we used to go to Florida quite a bit as kids. It was like one of the places, and we didn't have a lot of money as kids, so we would always drive there, which was a nightmare. It was like 22-hour drive from Ohio. True nightmare. My parents, we had, they had three boys, and they would load us in the car, and we'd fucking drive to Florida 22 hours. So again, we didn't have a lot of money, but I remember this one trip. It wasn't the same as the Universal trip, but it was another trip. We drove there, and right when we got there, before we could even settle in, somebody had come up to us and said, do you want to do a timeshare tour? So I don't know if you guys have ever done one of those, but usually like, you do a tour of a timeshare, and then they give you like free meal tickets or free, some, free I don't know, reduced tickets to Disneyland or some shit like that. So us not having a lot of money, my parents like, sure, we're in. So, of course, my parents had to drag us along. Now, I was about 10 years old, maybe 9, 10, around there. I was very young. My brother, my brother Brian's three years older. My brother Gary's five years older. So, we were all young, right? Maybe like all prepubescent, prepubescent, right? Like my oldest brother Gary was maybe early on into puberty. So, I don't know, maybe I was a little bit younger, but I was young. So, we go to this place. And let me tell you something. This was not Daytona. We go to this condominium timeshare area, and it was truly like, a scene out of Palms. It was like we were on the set of Book Club. It was just an old, it was basically an old folks home. It was an old folks home. And they were doing timeshare condominiums. So we get there and the woman who was like giving us the tour, the woman who was in charge of us, she was the most chipper fucking person I've ever seen. She surely did a line of coke before she did the condominium tour. So that's who we're dealing. Maybe her name, her name was probably like, I don't know, Brittany or something. That's the kind of person she was. She was like a young woman, probably named Brittany. And I'm certain that she was doing a line of cocaine in between showing people these condominium timeshares. But I swear it was like an old folks home. So she's taking us around and she's like, let me show you the premises. So we get in a golf cart. Now, this woman was not equipped to do a family five tour around this timeshare. So we get in the golf cart. My parents couldn't leave us alone. So we all had to go with them. So we get in a golf cart and we jam ourselves in there. My parents are in the front. And they put the three of us boys in the back of the golf cart. So we're like literally like facing outward in the back of a golf cart. And this woman is taking us what to me looks like a retirement community. Like I'm certain there was no one under the age of 80 there. Okay, so that's the kind of place we're looking at. It truly looked like we were on the set of books or book club <laughs> or Palms. I don't know if any of you saw Palms, but it was about a retirement community. And that's where we were, basically. So the three of us boys were like saying, I'm sort of sitting on my brother's laps because I was the youngest. And I'm sitting on their laps in the back, and this woman, Brittany, is like doing the tour of this whole location, and she's so fucking chipper. So she had just done a line of coke, so she was chipper as a fucking, I don't know. I don't know what, she was chip. (laughs) She was chip. Let's just say that she was chip. So she's doing the tour, and she's driving my parents around, and she's discussing this whole place, talking a mile a minute. My parents are ignoring the three of us in the back. All of a sudden, I hear my brothers whisper to each other. My brother Gary goes to my brother Brian, we should push him off. They say we should push him off, meaning they should push me off the golf cart while it's moving. Okay, keep that in mind. We're moving. <laughs> Brittany was driving the golf cart. So then my brother Brian nods and they push me off the golf cart. Now I tumble. I tumble like a fucking tumbleweed. And I'm thrown off. I'm like totally taken by surprise. I didn't even scream. I just was kind of like taken aback. 
So I'm like rolling as the golf cart's driving away from me. This golf cart's just going in the wind. Brittany was driving at the speed of light. Like I've never seen a golf cart go that fast. Brittany, I don't know, she she put some cocaine in the motor of this golf cart, but it was going fast. And I'm tumbling down the road of this retirement community. And then finally, like I'm, I start to get up and I'm like scraped. So I'm getting up very slowly, very young kid. And I look up and the golf cart's gone. The golf cart is far away from me. It looks like what to be a mile away. It probably wasn't that far away, but it looked to be very far away. Well, all of a sudden, this woman, she's in a motorized vehicle. Now, it was like a motorized wheelchair, a motorized, I don't know, motorized vehicle. A personal, what do you call that? A personal motorized vehicle. So she drives on up to me. Now, I'm all scraped up. I'm I'm in the concrete, just in the middle of the road of this retirement community. And I'm seeing my parents, my family, just driving off without me. So this woman, Roberta, is like, do you need a ride? So in my head, I was a child. I just assumed she was going to like get a bus or something. I don't know what was going to happen. I thought maybe she'd call a car or cab. I don't know. But this woman was an old lady in a motorized vehicle. And then she says, hop on up. So she wanted me to hop on up on her lap. Now, I'm sitting there thinking, well, how else am I going to get to my family? Like, I was going to be lost in Florida forever. That's what I'm thinking. So I just hop on up to this woman's lap. and. First of all, let me just say, it felt like I was sitting in a pool of jello. I mean, this woman, I don't know if she had bones, but bone density goes away. If there's one thing I've learned from a Boniva commercial starring Sally Field, it's that eventually your bones diminish. And this woman's bones, that's how old she was. Her bones had diminished. And again, no shade to anyone who's over the age of 80, if you're listening. It's just what happens to our bodies. I'm not trying to insult anyone over the age of 80. I'm just saying that's what happens to our bodies. Bone density. Watch a Boniva commercial on YouTube if you're unsure. But anyway, I, so I like, basically this woman, I don't know her name, but let's say it's probably like Roberta. That's what I'm assuming it is, Roberta. So I hop on Roberta's lap and I'm, look, I feel like I'm in a pool of jello. Like I'm just, I feel like her, her boobs were like at her legs, but then they were like, saw, it was very, you know, that feeling or like when you, I don't know, reach your hand into a, a tray of jello. I don't know if anyone's ever done that, but that's what it felt like. And then she carried me like a baby. And drove me at the speed of light, her car, to catch up with my family. My family eventually down the road had stopped. They realized that I was off the golf cart. And Roberta just drove me on up, like a holding me like a baby. And I eventually met up with my parents. We met up with Brittany and the rest of the gang. And my parents yelled at my brothers. But it was truly traumatic. And I remember saying right then and there, like, we have to get out of here. And that was when I decided I wasn't a fan of Florida. And I understand that some of you may love Florida. And there's a lot of great things. There's Disneyland, Universal Studios. But ever since Roberta had to carry me like a baby in her motorized vehicle to my parents' golf cart at the old folks' retirement facility, I mean, I have never wanted to go back to Florida. And also, I don't even know why this woman was showing my parents this retirement community. She was saying it was like condominium timeshare, but I don't buy it. And my parents, they had kids young, so they were youngish when we went on this tour. So I still feel like that we were in the wrong market. And again, let me just say, this wasn't like Daytona. This was, if you looked around, no one was under the age of 70. I truly don't believe there's a single human being in that timeshare lot that was under the age of 70. So we never got a condominium. I think we did get maybe like discounted tickets to medieval times or something. I don't know. But ever since then, I was like, I'm not going back to Florida. I'm not interested. I had a traumatic experience there. I can never, eat, I've never been able to eat Jello. I don't like it. Never. <laughs> Once got offered a jello shot in college, and I said, N-O, nope. <laughs> Reminded me too much of Roberta. I didn't want to think of Berta while I was in college. You know what I'm saying? 
Anyway, it scarred me for life. And I've also never been, ever since, I've only dated men. And I don't know if that has something to do with it. Maybe the feeling of Berta's body. I don't know. But I've been sucking dick ever since. So, I don't know. You figure, you do the math. I don't know. But never gone back to Florida. Not for me. But back to this episode of Southern Charm. I am happy that Catherine found a nice man. Although, we find out later... Okay, so Catherine says he's cute. She says his name is Joseph, but I call him Joe. First of all, like, that's not a fact you tell friends. I just want to point that out. She's like, his name is Joseph, but I call him Joe. It's like everyone whose name is Joseph goes by Joe. That's not something you need to tell a friend. <laughs> his name is Joseph, but I call him Joe. That's not a, a trivia bit for your friend when you're talking about your new boyfriend. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, then we learn that he, he was potentially abusive. Like the ex-wife said that he was abusive. He also has a child. And all of this was very disconcerting to me. And I was writing in my notes feverishly. I was writing, you know, Catherine, this might not be the right guy. Like, as they're telling us these things about him being abusive and having a child and ex-wife, that all this stuff. I was writing in my notes saying, this is too much, Catherine. You need to get away. And then when Catherine said, he wears more sunless tanner than I do, that was the step too far for me. That was when I really wrote in capital letters in my notes, get away now. Now, I. Look, all of those other things are really bad. Don't get me wrong. Terrible, terrible situations, potentially abusive. All of these are red flags. For any of you listening, these are red flags in a new relationship. And he wasn't even divorced yet, apparently. Red flag, red flag, red flag. The biggest fucking red flag is he wears too much selfless tanner. Get out now. Get out, ladies and gents. I mean, it's a little self-tanner is one thing, but she said he wears more than him. I don't know if you've seen Catherine lately, but she looks orange as could be. So, I don't know, something to think about. If you're in a new relationship, it's a step too far. Then Catherine reveals to Naomi that she's planning a trip to a treehouse. I didn't know if I heard that right. I did apparently hear it right, but I was surprised. I'm excited to see this treehouse, too. We see in a preview for next week. It looks fun. looks, like, really nice. Like, I need to go to there. Then we cut to Shep at the coffee shop. Now, this scene was very troubling to me, so let me just talk about what happened here. So, Shep arrives at a coffee shop. He talks to the barista. He says, Can you make me something tasty? Like, I, I kind of like flavored stuff. Okay, you want caramel, vanilla? Ooh. Both? This man just walked up and said, I like tasty stuff. Can you make me something? It's like, she's a barista. She's not for a high, uh, for higher artist. So then she says, okay, like, you want caramel or vanilla? And he just goes, ooh, ooh, ooh. And she's sitting there. She's like, well, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> This poor girl, she's like, what the fuck you want? Like, tell me what you want. Like, I gave you two options. Do you want vanilla or do you want caramel? That's what we got here. And he, he's just sitting there making noises like he's an animal or something. He's, ooh, ooh, I don't know. I like, uh, I like, uh, I like things like tasty stuff. Tasty stuff is not on the menu. That's what you wanted to say. Tasty stuff is not on the fucking menu. Read the menu behind me. And when you know what you want, you order with me. She's not a mind reader. Who does he think she is? Fucking minor? He thinks she's David Blaine or something. She can't read minds. Tell her what the fuck you want in your coffee. Do you want hazelnut? Sure. They have that. I mean, come on. And then finally he just goes, ooh, yeah, caramel, vanilla. And I swear this woman was just thinking, like, tell me what the fuck you want before I snap your neck in half. (laughs) That's what this poor barista was thinking. These are the unsung heroes of these shows. All the people that are working these restaurants, the waiters, the servers, all of them. And then Craig shows up, and then this woman has to take his order. 
So Craig says, uh, uh, a double rosé. And she's like sitting there. She, well, is that the fuck, what the fuck you want? Like, what do you want? Like, they were also indecisive. And I get that we might not know right away, but then just say like, I need a minute. But she was so, oh, I felt so bad for her. Unsung hero of the episode. Then Craig reveals that he took pillow pictures, which was just glossed over. Would have liked a lot more detail about that. He talked about how the night before he took pillow pictures, I don't know. Then it's revealed that Madison, Austin's girlfriend Madison, who looks like Jessica Simpson, she apparently DM'd Danny's boyfriend. She DM'd Danny's boyfriend. I was shocked by this. I thought it was shocking. And Craig was telling the story in his confessional. He sort of got, he talks a lot with his arms. He's almost like Italian. Like, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't be surprised if Craig had some Italian in him. And if he doesn't, he, does he want some? <laughs> That's gross. Anyway, the point is, Madison DM Danny's boyfriend. Now, this is surprising to me, and we're going to get more about this in a minute. So we cut to Austin, who's getting home with his groceries. He's lighting a candle, and he's making dinner for Madison. And Madison arrives. And I'm wondering, do I love Madison? I think I do. Because here's what I like about Madison. It's revealed that Madison cheated on Austin after he cheated on her. So at this moment, I'm liking her. While I do not approve of cheating, I do like that she's giving him a taste of his own medicine. Because I think all of these Southern Charm men, they deserve a little bit of the taste, right? They deserve a little taste of their own medicine. But then I kind of turn on her later, but we'll get there. In the meantime, they both have beautiful dimples, and I was even a little attracted to Austin. I was during the scene, I was like looking at Austin, I was like, he's actually growing into a good looking man. Right? I was surprised. I think he's look, looking like a good looking man. And I've never been attracted to Austin, but all of a sudden in the scene, I was like, oh, am I into him? I think I am. Then, let's see, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was sort of losing my boner for Austin when it was revealed that he didn't have a dining room table. Now, I know I've been in places that I've lived before without a dining room table, but I just wish they had somewhere to sit. Madison was sitting on the floor. And Austin was sitting on the floor, and behind him he had what looked to be a stack of records. And I thought, maybe you should stop spending money on vinyl records and buy a kitchen table. I don't know. I'm not an accountant. I just think maybe some of the vinyls, you know, vinyl records are expensive. Maybe stop buying everything on vinyl, and you could afford a kitchen table. I don't know. But it would have been nice. Maybe he has a kitchen table there that I missed. Maybe I missed it. But it didn't look like a table. Then we cut to back. We cut back to the baby. I don't know that. Naomi's store. <laughs> and it really reminds me of that time Kristen Takeman named her company Pop of Color, Person of Color. Remember when Bethany was like, <laughs> one of my favorite moments when Bethany was just like, um, POC stands for Person of Color. And Kristen's like, well, too bad. <laughs> uh, a classic business moment. Anyway, we see her go to the Nico event. So at the restaurant, She's leaving La Bebe, and she's going to this event at the restaurant Nico that her parents own. And apparently all these influence were, influencers were invited to taste new items. I think it was just a way to show the restaurant on camera, which it looks like a nice restaurant. So all these influencers arrive. Wilson, Naomi's gay roommate, arrives, and I would like more of him. It's nice to see this gay man on screen. I would like his story. Everyone has a story. What's his story? Everyone has a story. Different as night and day And everyone has their own journey Some follow their path Some wander away the, All the girls come to this event They all talk about Catherine Matul shows up and I love him I love my Matul 
Cameron gets immediately wet when she sees Matul and same girl. Like, she was so excited to see him, and he was gorgeous. He really is beautiful. Cameron says there's not a lot of tall, dark, and exotic guys in Charleston. And, I mean, he's truly a beautiful man. I mean, I, as much as I love my Craigie, seeing my Matul, I was like, I don't he looked better, too. We only saw him at the gym before. But seeing him with his hair kind of done, he had some, like, nice hair gel in or something, some product. And he was wearing that, like, tight shirt. He just looked like really like a like I was in love with him when I saw him in that gym, but seeing him here at this event, I mean, I was like legs wed spread wide open. I was ready to go, red to go, and I was so excited. I mean, a beaut. He's a beaut, Matul. I hope I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not, but he's a beaut. And then, meanwhile, that Naomi's gay is just like taking photos of everything. The poor guy. I felt bad. I was like, he's got a story, but he's taking photos of this whole event. He has to take picture of all the food and everything. So then they talk about this treehouse trip, and then they cut to that, they talk about Austin Madison, they cut to that Austin Madison tape again, which we've seen way too many times, enough with that tape, of Austin and his boxers. I know I'm newly attracted to Austin, but I still don't need to see him in the boxers. Madison, come on, you're Madison, you're insane. Madison, Madison, Madison. Enough is enough, Austin. We've seen it enough. Taylor Armstrong, enough. Then Craig, Austin, and Shep meet. Now, here's something I want to point out in this scene. They were eating here at the scene. It seemed to be dinner time. Craig was wearing a gorgeous thick sweater. Gorgeous, thick, very thick, what looked to be maybe wool or a thick material. Gorgeous. I, I wrote my notes, where do I get that sweater? I want to know where it is. It's like had a, a couple buttons at the end, like wood buttons, I think, at the top. Thick, thick sweater, like something that you wear on Christmas Eve in the Midwest. That looks like exactly like something I would wear on Christmas Eve in the Midwest, in Ohio. And beautiful. But then I looked over at Shep, and Shep was wearing a t-shirt with like a neon deer on it. It was just like a deer with like pink and green neon. And I'm so confused. I'm like trying to get my bearings. I'm like, what what time of year is it? What temperature is it in this restaurant? Like I could not figure it out because Craig is again in this thick sweater. And as if he was in Ohio on December 24th. And then Shep was dressed like he was in Boca Raton on... I don't know, June 14th. I don't know. It was like, these are two different outfits. And then Austin shows up, and Austin was wearing just like a gray top. But I just kind of get a read. Even behind them, I was noticing in the scene, like someone behind Craig had a t-shirt on. And then like some other people looked to be wearing sweaters. Like I couldn't get a read on the temperature. And that made me feel a little disoriented. So the whole time, I'm not sort of missing what was going on because I was just, you know, trying to figure it out. But Austin says he woke up at 4 a.m. with anxiety, and I thought, wow, I'm really attracted to Austin, because that's what happens to me oftentimes. (laughs) Same, Austin. Stars are just like us. Then Craig tells Austin about the Danny and the Gentry stuff, about how Madison texted, or or Madison's friend DM Gentry, Danny's boyfriend, to say, like, would you go out with me? And then Shep says, as they're trying to tell Austin, Shep says, nothing happened, but things are happening again. Now, just point that out. Nothing happened, but things are happening again. That was a direct quote (laughs) from Shep. Then Austin says it's a witch hunt. He says it's fake news. He doesn't believe it. They call Danny. Danny says, what happened? Now, Austin, as they're calling Danny, Austin says, I'm sweating. And I thought, why isn't Craig sweating? He's wearing a thick sweater. He's wearing a really thick top. I mean, it wasn't just like a, this was not just like a light a light winter, a light fall jacket. This was like a thick winter, dead of winter sweater. And the rest were in t-shirts. And Craig wasn't even breaking a sweat. Not a glimmer of, not a glimmer or glisten on Craig's forehead. 
I was looking. I was really eyeing it. I was thinking, is he just sweating underneath that? Very confused. Would like some answers. We need to know what time of year it is. Why isn't he sweating? And Austin voices that he's sweating. So then Danny tells them all what happened. And then they take shots. Shep says that's the final nail in the coffin. And then they all encourage him to break up with Madison. And then Craig says, it has to be on a Tuesday. And I thought, why does it have to be on a Tuesday? Then it's revealed that today is a Tuesday. It didn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand why they got to do it on a Tuesday. But then they cut to another bar where they're drinking. They seem to be drunk. They do chug Red Bulls. And I've never seen anything more disgusting in my life. Never. Never. Disgusting. They chugged a Red Bull. I do not like the taste of Red Bull. The only time I can stand a Red Bull is when I'm in Vegas. When I'm in Vegas, I don't mind like a drop of Red Bull in a a drink to keep me awake. But, I mean, they chugged a whole Red Bull. That's probably what that Britney did on the uh, when she was giving us that timeshare tour. Britney did one of those, I don't know, what did they call it when they chugged the can of Red Bull? She probably did that in a line of Coke. And then she's like, let me take these people through the old folks' home and try to sell them on a timeshare. It didn't work, Brittany. FYI, it didn't work. Haven't been back to Florida since. Good thing we didn't get that timeshare. Anyway, the point is, they chugged this Red Bull. It was disgusting. And I was trying to think, like, Madison called Austin and answer it. And I thought, maybe they have an open relationship. But Austin says she cheated first. I'm very confused about this relationship, truly. And I'm very upset that it happened off camera. I think all of this stuff should have happened when they were filming. It didn't. But then they convince Austin to call Madison. And at first, Madison says that's not a thing. So Austin tells her what he heard happen. And then Madison says it's not a thing. Then she admits to it. She says it's true. Austin hung up on her and I got goosebumps. Goosebumps. The hair stood up on my arm. Goosebumps. She agreed to it. She said it was true. She copped to it. Wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. Wow, motherfucking Bethany. Wow, Craig's dog, Bethany. Wow. Couldn't believe it. And then, at this point, Craig was wasted. So Craig was ordering more shots. He's like, I'm glad we just have each other. (laughs) He was drunk. Craig's voice is sort of high, like, "Eh." (laughs) I'm glad we have each other. No, that wasn't right. But you got the picture. Craig was drunk. And then he says, just so you know, I hoped I was wrong. He was really drunk. He said he hoped he was wrong to Austin. And it's like, well, if you hoped you were wrong, why'd you even tell him? <laughs> anyway, next week, we get what looks to be a very aggressive choker on Chelsea. I don't know what was happening in the scene for the preview for next week, but she was wearing a very intense choker. And then they also take the treehouse trip next week. And I'm very excited about that because I feel like this is a new type of vacation and I cannot wait. So that's Southern Charm. Real quick, before we do Real Houses in New York, which is going to be brief, I do want to touch on Real Houses Beverly Hills. So I don't know if you guys are watching, but this week had my favorite episode so far of the season, and I have not been impressed by this season at all, just FYI. The dog stuff, it's like enough is enough. And I do think Kim came in and spiced it up. I was so excited to see Kim, and I know Kim's not very popular amongst viewers. I know people hate Kim, but here's what I love about Kim. She is truly herself on camera, and she's willing to show you warts and all. So when Kim is a mess, she doesn't care if she's coming across as a mess. And one of my problems with the Beverly Hills women is that they often are trying to be too guarded. And so I know people don't tend to like Kim, so maybe they don't want her back on the show. But I do think we need someone on the show who's willing to just be a mess. And Brandy was like that. Brandy's not very popular either. I liked Brandy, but I know a lot of viewers do not like her. Taylor Armstrong was that way too. But they were messy and willing to be messy and villainesses on camera. And that's what the show is missing. 
these women are so reserved. I feel like it's, we're not getting any sort of good drama. It's just like they're they're not showing their personal life. Like we always talk about like these lawsuits and stuff, which we're not hearing anything about. They're not talking about it on camera. Like the New York women will do anything on camera. They don't care if they look bad. The Beverly Hills women are just a little too guarded for me. But that's why I miss Kim. That's why I miss Brandy. Why I miss Taylor. Like they were such fucking messes on camera often. The other thing that I loved about Kim is she wasn't on screen trying to sell you merch. Right? Like the whole agency costuming has gotten out of hand. And now we're forced to see Teddy and her husband in those Skyline hats and Skyline shirts. And we saw it on the fucking bus when they went camping. I don't need to see all of this branding. I think, like, if I was producing this show, I'd say, look, you can't wear your branding. Like, it's getting to be way too out of hand. I'm so tired of seeing an agency hat. Once in a while, I get it. Like, they're trying to make a buck. But we're on a TV show here, and this is just getting way too much. Like, the Skyline and the agency merch. Kim's never tried to sell us anything. Kim's just being her messy self on camera and showing her, her life warts and all. So that's what I think we need. That's what I hope. I would tell, if I was the producers, I'd say, look, you're not allowed to wear your own branding. Like, you have to wear a shirt that's like a plain shirt. Like, no logos. You know, that's what they usually tell you on reality TV. They usually say no logos. I don't know, but we did get this Halloween party, which I thought was wonderful. Kim was dressed as a gangster. PK was Carl Lagerfeld, which was truly, I mean, I said he looked like one of the Malfoys on <laughs> social media. Because he looked like a Malfoy from Harry Potter. And then Rena was, of course, dressed as Erica Jane, which I, I loved, although she did definitely go two steps too far. I mean, she just kept saying the C word over and over again. And I don't know, I thought it was my favorite episode of the season. I was really excited, and it, it leads me hopeful, but I don't know. I think Beverly Hills needs to bring back some messy people. And I know, look, I know fans, some re- I, fans really have turned on Brandy and Kim. I get that. I think with Kim, I think especially people feel like she's too too dark to be on camera and i get that but so i think we maybe we need new people that are messy but i think whoever it is we do need people that are messy and even though fans might not like it at first i think we need to just like allow messy people to be on this franchise because otherwise it's everyone's too reserved i think anyway let's take a quick break here and then we'll get back and talk about new york before i do i want to say please find me on social media at danny pellegrino twitter instagram facebook facebook.com slash pellegrino danny if you want the t-shirts, so we have Wow Bethany Wow t-shirts. There's limited edition Wow Craig's Dog Bethany Wow t-shirts. <laughs> and there's shirts that say, I'm on the brim. Just go to everythingiconic.threadless.com. Everythingiconic.threadless.com. All of the links will be in the episode description if you want them. They're there. And then uh, what else? Go to Patreon if you want to support the show or don't. Whatever. I don't care. But I'd love it if you if you do donate on Patreon. I thank you because it helps me make this show. And I just put a new recap up of the Real Hustles of New York Atlantic City trip. So there's a new recap up on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash everything iconic to get access to that. And let's take a break and then we'll come back. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. 
Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, They just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live, and it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Oh, I loved it. I feel so alive. I've never felt more alive. This episode of Roni was my favorite of the season so far. Five stars. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. <laughs> I'm so gay for Roni. I'm, I'm giddy for Roni. It was truly perfect. Game set, now I need a match. <laughs> Game set, now I need a match. <laughs> I feel so alive, you guys. I'm giddy. I'm gleeful. I'm everything. Game set, now I need a match. I feel so... Wow, Bethany, wow. I feel great. <laughs> this episode, I just I just watched it. So I feel amazing. I've never felt better. Truly feel my best. 
I feel absolutely 100, 100%. It's a five-star episode, greatest hour of TV of all time. I think it was the best episode of the season. Truly, it had everything. It had drunk antics. It had real estate porn. It had a Jill appearance. It had Christmas. Christmas? I mean, it had everything. I feel I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. (laughs) I'm saying that too much, but you know what? I loved it. I loved it. Remember that scene in Jerry Maguire when Renee Zellweger's like, I love him, Laurel. I do. I love him. I love him. I love him. She says, I love him for the man he wants to be, and I love him for the man that he almost is. I love him, Laurel. I love him. (laughs) That's how I feel, except for I'm talking about Roni. And I'm not talking to Bonnie Hunt, unfortunately. But I loved this episode, you guys. Truly had everything. And we opened on Christmas decor. And let me just say, when I saw those reds and greens, I saw the lights, the beautiful trees, I was like settling in for a very, what I thought was going to be just a peaceful, nice episode of Roni. I thought, oh my God, it's Christmas. This is going to be like a nice little, nice little holiday episode of maybe like a segue episode. I don't know. But I thought it was just going to be a nice little episode. And then bam, we got loosing and Jingle Bells. She was like, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> I don't think she was doing Jingle Bell Rock, but she was doing Jingle Bells. <laughs> jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle. <laughs> uh, my Luann impression is rough. My Cookie Monster impression is rough. But anyway, it was a shock to the system because I was settling in for some nice light entertainment. And then all of a sudden it was like Lou with that deep baritone singing Jingle Bells. And I was like, whoa, where am I? <laughs> Lost my bearings. And then Sonia showed up for rehearsal. And I have to say, I've been rewatching old episodes of Roni, as I always do. And remember when Sonia was doing the Cabralesque? And do you remember the season? I believe I'm getting my seasons mixed up now, but it was when Lou was just a friend of, and I think it was like maybe Heather and Carol's second season, Aviva's last season. I, I think it was six. That's six, right? Anyway, Sonia was getting ready for the Cabrolet or Cabralesque. And I really think this whole cabaret idea was Sonia's idea. I think that she had intended to probably tour the country with it. And then somehow Lou just took it over. But I think it's season six. Go watch it. And one of the episodes when Sonia is doing her cabralesque, and it's like, oh, this whole thing was meant for Sonia. And then Lou just really hijacked it. Anyway, we see Lou rehearsing. And her show's so terrible in real life that I truly didn't believe that she rehearses it. Maybe that's mean, and my my apologies to anyone who works on it, but it's shocking that there's any rehearsal time, truly. Now, I want to say Sonia was acting a little bizarre at this rehearsal. She's mentioned every single episode that she's a Sagittarius, every single episode. And then she was just talking. She was talking a mile a minute. She was saying a million different things. She said to Lou, your nipple's coming out of your lace. And then she said, it's better than someone's dick coming out. And it was just like, you, could, you were getting Roni whiplash. Roni whiplash throughout this whole episode. It's like, what's going on? What is Sonia saying? Then we get a Giovanni flashback. And it's revealed that Lou, in her new Christmas show, she's going to do something where she gives a fake award to Dorinda for Giovanni. Like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. And <laughs> Dorinda, at one point in this rehearsal, because Sonia tells her, like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Dorinda's going to be pissed. And Lou says, well, Dorinda should get a sense of humor. And look, that's rich coming from someone who's doing a fake award show at her cabaret. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Luann, I love her cabaret. I loved, I had the best time there. I hate to talk badly about it. But, I mean, wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. Anyway, then all of a sudden we get like, did you hear the prompa pum hums they were playing Little Drummer Boy in the background as they segued into the tree lighting, and I was in true heaven. I was heard a pum 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 
Unfortunately, it wasn't Jessica and Ashley Simpson. They probably couldn't afford the rights, but it was a little pum pum pum. I heard pum. That's what I heard in my mind. That's Jessica and Ashley singing it. In this reality, it was just some, I don't know, transitional music, but it was the little drummer boy. I didn't I did note that. And then Dorinda never looked more beautiful. She's there to do a tree lighting. Now it's not Rockefeller Center. It's like just off the, I don't know, it's like off the highway or something. It's like not. It's not Rockefeller Center, but she's doing some other tree lighting. And she truly looked stunning. She was there with Hannah. Now, everyone came to the show, and Dorinda says she's going to be pissed if Luann talks about her in the cabaret. She says she's going to get the lawyer to the show. And I thought, oh my God, I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited. Like, there's a lot of stuff brewing. In this episode, a lot of it came to a head, but I think we're going to get even more down the line, and I'm very excited. Then, as they're at this tree lighting, all the girls are there, and they mention this clay party that Barbara threw. And I was like, what the fuck's a clay party? Like, were they at Color Me Mine? Like, where are they in space and time? Like, they're, we're all mentioning a clay party. I'm like, did I miss that? And apparently it's another flashback. They're giving us all these flashback scenes. It was like another event that we're not seeing. It was just a flashback of them doing pottery work. And it was jarring because they kept saying that Barb's clay party. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't remember her having a clay party. Never heard of that on a show like this. Anyway, Luann implies that Sonia is on pills. So she implied it at the clay party. And look, is Sonia maybe on pills? I, who's to say? Who's to say? Would I be shocked if I found out she was? Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to throw out any accusations because it's probably just uh, she's a kooky gal, you know? But it's shocking to me that Lou is being so sort of laissez-faire about these accusations, because it's a big drug accusation to say that Sonia's on pills. Then Jill shows up looking better than ever, and we just had like a quick moment with Jill. And I got so upset at this point, because I was thinking, wow, we're getting almost nothing from Jill, who I would like to see more of, and we're getting way too much Barb. Like, let's flip them. I'd rather get Barb just a little bit, and then Jill put her on the vacation. Put her on the vacay. Jill's just showing up. She looked amazing. She did. Did you see that she got in a fight with Gap over the weekend? It was very troublesome. She complained that Gap wouldn't let her use the restroom, and I don't know. Wow, Bethany, wow. That's all I'll say about that. But look, Luann shows up, and oh, there was a moment when Luann was already there. I don't know why I just said she just showed up, but there was a moment where Ramona saw Luann, and Ramona said, I like your hat. And it was so clearly a lie. I just encourage you all to rewatch that moment. Ramona says, oh, Luann, I like your hat. And it was a total lie. I've never been so sure of a lie. <laughs> and Luann's been doing a lot of hat work this season, but it was just so obvious that Ramona was like just lying right to her face. And everyone just believed it. Now, Dorinda got a little drunk at this tree lighting. And she told Luann about the Giovanni joke. She said, I don't want you mentioning my name. I'll get the lawyers involved. And then Luann is like, I'll do whatever I want to do, but whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Dorinda says, drunkly, did you forget how you got there? (laughs) And then Luann says, what is this, a case of Jawsvani? That's what she said in her confessional. Let me repeat that. She said, what is this, a case for Jawsvani? Meaning like Jaws and Giovanni. And wow. (laughs) Lou claiming to be a comedian. (laughs) It was a joke. I mean, it was a joke, I guess. And Lou, in real time, told Dorinda, life is a cabaret, get used to it. Woo! Wow. 
Wow. Wow. Then they all took a picture. They took a group photo. And as they were taking this group photo amongst the beautiful scenery of Christmas, they were arguing about Sonia's pill problem. And I just thought, wow, did that happen with Mary and Joseph at the end? I don't know. But it was so good. I loved that scene so much. I love Christmas is my favorite time of year, my favorite holiday. Beautiful sight to see. Now, let's see. They all get ready for Miami. Luann has to call her probation officer. Then they finally get to Miami. And I was, again, very upset that Jill was not there and Babs was. There was a moment when they were getting in the car on the way to the hotel or the airport where Sonia farted. And she couldn't get in the car because she said it was trapped in her pants. And she was sober at this point. Just want to point that out. Sonia said it got trapped in her pants. So just want to let us all remember that. Take a moment of silence for that moment. (laughs) They get to this house that's beautiful. Now, I was upset that they were going to Miami because I feel like we've been there so many times. But I will say that I think they had such a large budget because they didn't go on a big vacation. So they did get a gorgeous house. And I was very pleased about that. This house was beautiful. The pool, it was everything. We got a little Cartagena flashback of Ramona stuck in the elevator. Loved it. Then it's revealed, as they're all starting to drink, that Ramona made out with Harry Dubin. Now, Sonia is starting to spiral. She says at one point, I'm not sure if I'm allergic to sperm. She's starting to spiral. She's just saying crazy things, and she's dancing in the in the bathtub, and she collects old drinks and drinks them. Like She just finds drinks on the random places and just starts drinking them. It was very troublesome. And then this poor man, his name was Tage, and I will say that Ramona got his name right, but Sonia just kept calling him Taj, and then eventually Raj, and then, you know, just the worst names. I felt so bad for this Tej. Truly, it was like so unacceptable the way that Sonia was treating him. And poor Tej, I mean, I just would like to salute you, Tej. If you're out there, I give my, lay, lay my hat to you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the thing. If I was wearing a hat like Lou, I would be laying my hat to you. But... I feel like he's the unsung hero of this episode. Poor Tej. At one point, Sonia said, oh, Tej, you got a belly? And I thought, oh my god, if somebody said that to me on camera, I would cry for at least a week if somebody said that to me off camera. But if it happened on camera, I wouldn't get out of bed for at least a month. She said just off the cuff, like, Tej, or Taj, you got a little bit of a belly, and then she pointed to it, and I thought, oh my god. (laughs) I would be so upset. Now, Dorinda was wasted, too. Dorinda was getting really drunk, and there was a moment where Dorinda was making a drink, which was one of my favorite things I've ever seen her do. She was making a drink with someone else who worked at this resort, and it was so funny. Her hair was a fucking mess. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. And then Bethany arrived late, and now everyone's mess. And in typical Bethany fashion, she arrived, and she's like, oh, wow, you're all here. It's nuts here already. I mean, I'm here now. Like She's always coming in exasperated. And, like, confused why everyone's at a 10. It's like, because you're late. You just got here. What did I walk into? Now, there's a moment. I mentioned that Sonia was trying to dance in the bathtub. There was a moment where she wanted to pee in the bathtub. And poor Tinsley was like, I'm going to take a bath there. Don't pee in there. And Sonia just started undoing her pants. And Tinsley had to literally physically move Sonia out of the tub so that she wouldn't urinate in it. Now, poor Tinsley. I don't think this is what Tinsley thought her life would be, but here she is. When she married Topper years ago, I don't think I don't think she imagined in 10 years' time that she'd be escorting an older woman out of a bathtub so she wouldn't urinate in it. But here she is. You know, we all, we plan, God laughs. Or what is that saying? <laughs> I plan, God laughs. That's a, Tinsley needs to get that on a pillow. I plan, now God laughs. <laughs> it should be her tagline next season. 
game set, and now I need a match. I plan God laughs. That sounds more like Ramona, maybe. I don't know. The point is, when he's dancing in the tub and trying to pee in it, and poor Tage is just standing there. She even tried to make out, Sony tried to make out with Tinsley, and Tage didn't even find it attractive. He just was like, oh my god, this is my life. He didn't plan for that either. God, he planned and God laughed in his face, too. <laughs> then Bethany's getting ready while the girls are sitting down for dinner. Bethany had a full hair and makeup squad. And Lou again repeats at the dinner table that she thinks Sonia's on something. Now, things start to take a turn when Lou says that she invited some dick to the house. So she said next, the next night a bunch of guys are coming over. She invited a bunch of dicks to the house. And she wants all the girls to get laid. But Sonia starts to get upset because she says Lou has taken all her guys. And she's like, do you ever give me guys? Sonia says, what kind of guys do you got for me? Do you have straight guys, used guys, fucked up guys, any guys you haven't fucked that you're going to share with us? Now, you guys, this one line would be enough for a whole episode on another franchise. But this was just something that, like, rolled off the back of their backs in this episode. It was just like, whatever, another line that Sonia says. Another line. But on this franchise, it just moves so quick. We get the Roni whiplash. So then Dorinda gets involved. Dorinda says, you sleep with anyone. You know, she's getting real sloppy now. And Lou says to Dorinda, don't get involved, Dorinda. And then Dorinda, that sets her off. She says, I'll get involved whenever I want to get involved. I'll say whatever the fuck I want. She had food on her mouth, as always. <laughs> she did. And then she said about the cabaret, she said, I'll send you a lawyer's lover. She said she's going to send a lawyer's lover. What the fuck's a lawyer's lover? <laughs> she had food on her mouth. And imagine that being that sloppy. You have food on your mouth. I'll send you a lawyer's lover. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? I'll send you a lawyer's lover. She was so fucked up. And yet she looked more sober because Sonia was across the table from her. <laughs> like, oh, I love these women. I love this show. God bless. God bless us, everyone. Truly the tiny Tim. This is my Christmas carol. Whew, I feel good. Anyway, it's perfect. Lou and Ramona eventually get up from the table. Bethany arrives. And Babs starts to stick up for Lou. And Bethany yells at Babs. She says, take off those construction goggles, Babs. Ooh, I thought Babs... I wanted her to get involved. I wanted her to yell back at Bethany. This is why I'm not getting anything from Babs. I want her to go up against... When somebody says something to you like that, you have to get up. You have to, like, get pull a Dorinda and turn. You know, we, that's what we need from Babs. So she's just sitting there. Ah, it's upsetting. And then Bethany starts talking about Lou, and then she's like, never mind, I'm going to go tell her. And she walks right up to Lou's room. She walks right in, barges into the room, and says, I'm here to talk, not listen. This is why these women are all stars. They're all stars. Bethany's not waiting till the next day. She just gets up from that fucking table, and she barges into Lou Ann's room. She tore down the door. I'm here to talk, not listen. Oh my god, I felt chills, felt goosebumps. So perfect. And then she says, why would you think we would want to go to the cabaret five times a month? You're delusional. <laughs> this was funny. Because it, re- it was revealed, obviously, that like Luann tried to film at five different cabaret events. Like That's what Bethany was saying. She said, why would you think we would want to go to five cabaret events? And what I took that to mean was Lou, when she told the producers the schedule... She probably had five different cabaret events in a month. And Bethany probably got that schedule and was like, what the fuck? We're not going to all these cabaret events. I'm not doing it. It's too, many, too much cabaret. <laughs> so she's yelling at her. Meanwhile, at the table, Sonia's 
there was a moment where she was calling to Dorinda. Did you catch this? Where she said, Dorinda! It was like the longest Dorinda I've ever heard in my life. It was perfect. And she starts to fall asleep at the table. Ramona wants to go out. Ramona wants to go out. And she's like, who's going out? And I think Barbara at one point was like, I'll go. And Ramona's like, no. (laughs) She just didn't want her to go out. Ramona did not want Barbara to come out. And she said, Tinsley and I are going to go catch up. We have Tinsley and Ramona business to tend to. (laughs) And Tinsley was loving it, because of course Tinsley's like finally involved. She's like, oh, this makes me feel good. And I loved it. So they go upstairs to get ready to go out. Then Sonia's like closed eyes. She's like so fucked up. And Bethany tells her to go to sleep. She falls and we get it to be continued. I mean, is this episode perfect or what? And next week we get the ambulance. The ambulance shows up and Ramona and Tinsley just scoot past the ambulance to go out and catch some dick. I mean, is there anything better? And then Luann in next week's episode says, I think they have a problem with my success. And then Mario shows up. This is the greatest show of our time. I'm sorry, people. I'm, I don't, I'm not apologizing. You know what? I'm not sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. It's the greatest show of all time. And I think we all need to respect it. And I love it. And I love them. And I thank all of them for their work. I want to thank uh, Rage. What's his name? <laughs> Tej? <laughs> Why did I call him Rage? I'd like to thank Tej for his support during this episode. I would like to thank everyone else that worked at this villa. And I would like to thank my girls, my women. I I think they were flawless this week. Truly the most perfect hour of TV I've ever seen in my life. And it ranks up with the best of our episodes. And we mentioned on Patreon, I recapped the Atlantic City episode from season seven. You want to listen to that, it's on Patreon. And that was another one of my all-time favorite episodes. So anyway, I love you all for listening. This was truly a delightful week in Bravo history. We were given so much. I'd like to thank everyone at Bravo for all they've done for us. I love you. And your work goes noted. And I'm sorry I yelled at you about the Southern Charm theme song, but something had to be said. But for the most part, I just think you are all the best. And I grovel at your feet. I love you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> now let's do our little cool down. We need to do a little cool down because this was an intense week. So let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in and try to think of a Florida memory. Maybe one time you were in Florida. Think of a Florida memory. Breathe out. Now, I told you my Florida memory. Of course, Catherine's dating someone in Boca. Our Roni women are in Miami. Florida's a big part of our lives. And even though I haven't been able to make it back there since my tumble-off golf cart, I think it's important that we recognize Florida's history and all that's done for us in terms of Bravo. So thank you, Florida. I know sometimes I'm hard on you. And... Thank you. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and 
includes all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.